my name. Hello and welcome to You Are Not Alone. You Are Not Alone is a one with one horror actual play podcast. I'm Blaine, your host and RPG loving friend. It has been a year and I'm so sorry that I disappeared for so long. Work got really busy and I had hoped that I'd be back after the holidays, but then work stayed busy. I apologize again. I feel especially bad since the hiatus started mid-story. But I am back, and I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. I have other exciting news. I'm part of a cast for a new podcast that will be launching on Halloween. It is called Greetings from Stability. We are going to be using a variety of role-playing games to build and explore the town of Stability, Oregon. Stability is a small island town off the coast of Oregon. It's a lot like every other small town, except all the strange activity that seems to be coming from the sea itself, and the Delacroix family, who has their hooks and everything, and the mainland pharma company Gaia, who has their hooks in everything. It is going to be a full cast podcast, and the cast is really amazing. The stories we've been telling so far are really good, and I can't wait to share them with you. The first few episodes will be up in the You Are Not Alone feed, as well as the Greetings from Stability feed. We're starting with a game of Sleep Away by Jade Dragon, and it's great. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Mastodon, Blue Sky, and even Tumblr at StabilityOR. If you'd like to reach out to recommend a game, be a guest, or just say hi, you can email me at youarenotalonepod at gmail.com, or reach out on Twitter at notalone underscore horror. I would love to hear from you. This episode, we're finishing our game of Quietus with Jesse Stancheck, the writer behind At Micro Flash Fic. Quietus is a game of melancholic horror by Ollie Jeffrey. Quietus is a really amazing game for a GM in either one or two players that relishes in the quiet horror of broken people. The system works really well to ramp up the tension, both in the personal lives of the characters and in the horror that is trying to kill them. Really recommend you check it out. I definitely recommend going back and checking out the previous episodes if you need a refresher. I know I needed one. But in this game, we are following the story of Wayne, an aging con man who works as the overnight security at a building downtown. Wayne's luck has been running thin. He owes money to a bookie, Pete. Pete and his goon, Lucky, have been showing up in really strange places. And on top of that, Wayne is starting to forget things. Like, really important things. Will Wayne's debt and checkered past and failing memory catch up to him? Let's find out. Wow, that, that, that this feels this this is like the first time I think Wayne feels genuinely worried. Like this is this is something he can't explain away. It's too specific. It is very specific, and there is uh, you do notice in this, in addition to like all of the survival stuff, there is this little like square of paper. Uh, that's folded up that looks like it has writing on it. Um, you can't quite make it out because it's folded to fit into this case. Okay, I'm going to take it back into the office with me. And he's going to take it back in and okay. he's going to dump the entire thing out just because, hey, you never know. Maybe, maybe, the, hey, he said there was $40 in here. I could use $40. 
Yeah, so he's going to dump the whole you thing got, out. You got forty bucks, and he'll he'll pick up the note and read it. When you unfold the note and look at it, it is a list of debts. Oh. And you see a bunch of names. You see some names you recognize. Uh-huh. Uh, you very obviously see your name with a number after it that seems even bigger than you remember. Yeah, no, it couldn't be that big. And you notice that there are certain names are just there with the number after them. But like some names are underlined. Some names are underlined and circled. Mm. And some names are underlined, circled, and then crossed off. And you see that your name is underlined and circled. Interesting. You don't necessarily know what that means. But you would think it probably is not great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the first thing I got to do is, is I got to hide this. Because Pete, Pete's the kind of guy, he don't want people messing with his stuff. Definitely wouldn't want me seeing this. Definitely wouldn't want me seeing what kind of markers he's got out. No, that, that would be, um, you'd be affronted by that. That's the word, affronted. No, we got we to gotta hide this. It's not Pete's. It can't be Pete's. But if it is Pete's, he can't see me with this. We gotta, we gotta make this disappear. And the way we do that is, we're gonna, we're gonna leave this in somebody's desk. We're gonna, we're gonna find the biggest prick at that law firm, and we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna drop it in there, and that'll be their weird little mystery. They can figure that out. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. All right. Give me a give me a roll. All right. For this. Sure. Uh so this is gonna be a tense roll. You can add to it if you'd like. Uh no, I got a six. It, All right. It's bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Uh so yeah, you are able Oh, and sorry, I'm I'm supposed to tell you this okay, before sure. you roll. This this is a good thing. Uh this was going to be a roll that could give you hope. Okay. Uh so you get uh one hope. Cool. And uh, you are able. What is it? You, what is hiding this look like? Okay, so in the law firm, the, when you walk in on the sixteenth floor where the, the the money is, there is a portrait of the guy who founded the law firm. All right, and he looks so disapproving. And often when Wayne is doing his rounds, he'll look up and goes, "Hey, how's your prick kid?" At the uh, at the founder, and uh, because he doesn't know this guy, and he certainly you know because he's dead now, and he doesn't know the the founder's son, but he knows enough to know that no one is ever entirely satisfied with their children, and he feels like that goes double for rich people. Mm, so yeah. this man with this expression is absolutely disappointed with the guy whose name is now. Uh, officially on the door. So no, we're going to go. And this is, this is like a weirdly brazen move. He would not normally mess with this, but he's going to go into the office of the guy who like owns that firm 
like the senior partner. And he's just going to throw this entire tin in his drawer, minus the note. He's going to eat the note. Excellent. But yeah, no, that's, that's what he's going to do. And as you finish eating the note, uh, and you walk out of the office and start to walk down the hallway, you notice that one of the cameras on this floor is following you. You too, huh? I really got to have a word with, uh, now this is, this is, this is problematic. And I, I start to do the thing where I move back and forth and try to fake it out again. I go, no, 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 no. I've already done that. I, I, I got bigger stuff to deal with. All right. All right. All right. I make a note of that. You know, we'll, we'll say there's like, you know, um, every floor is basically the same, right? Is uh, and so the the camera placement is probably the same on every floor. Is this like the equivalent camera of the one that was on eleven? I don't think so. I think that it is oh. in like a different part of the floor. Okay, that is that is more concerning. What he's going to do now is he's going to go around and dance like an idiot in front of every other camera on the floor to see if he can get them to pay attention to him. Okay, I think this is going to be a roll. Yep. Oh, another six. Oh, you are. I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm I'm burning these on very inconsequential things, but it is. Once it gets back to to truly dangerous yeah, things, yeah. So I think you go around the floor and you kind of dance uh, for these cameras and like do things to just try and generally get noticed. None of the other cameras move, hmm. and I think when you go back. To the one camera on 16 that was moving, mm-hmm. it doesn't follow you anymore. Huh. It seems just stationary, pointing at the exact location it's supposed to be pointed at. You know the location that every one of these cameras points, and like it's in its proper, yeah, proper place. Okay. So what what Wayne's thinking now is I did not know I do not know this system as well as I thought I did. And if I can be wrong about this, I can be wrong about other things. Maybe maybe we need to start thinking about a big move here. By which I mean maybe we need to think of a way to preemptively erase those tapes. Because I've definitely gotten up to stuff. In the last week. And maybe it wasn't in front of that camera on 11. Maybe it was in front of this camera on 16. But who knows what the cameras on 8 were doing. You know? Ah, uh, no, no. This is, this is, it's too risky. Ooh. Now, now I got to think of something. I got to think of something. Where do they store these? It's probably an IT or something, right? That's probably on the first floor. Yeah, there's probably like a, a server deck. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know where that is. I'm going to go check that out. That's probably on the first floor. And you head down to the first floor. Do you take the elevator or the stairs? Uh, I think he's going to take the elevator. I think he's in a hurry now. So you take the elevator down. And uh, you get off on the first floor. And you... Start heading towards where IT is. Mm-hmm. And as you cross through the lobby, 
you see that there are some cleaners still there. You know, they're doing their, their, their every other week waxing, so they're there a little bit later than normal. Which makes you question, like, was it one of them that left the door unlocked? Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. And I'm going to say um, that Wayne is going to say some unkind things to these people. Thoroughly unprovoked, you know, he's just going to yell some hateful stuff at them. And I think, like, I... I Because that's going to make him... He's the kind of guy that's going to make him feel better. Yeah. And I I think that they're used to it, I I would imagine. Uh, Unfortunate. Not just from Wayne, but probably specifically from Wayne as well. Um, And so they kind of just ignore you. Yeah. Yeah, I make kind of an an exaggerated middle finger gesture and... uh, uh, stomp off in the direction I was already headed. And I think one of them, like, they have earbuds in to, like, quiet <laughs> the sound of... Uh, and, like, when you're yelling at them, they're, like, pointing at the earbuds, like, I, I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, and you yeah, flip them is, off and storm off. This is very off. frustrating, yes. How, how dare they take my abuse with gentle good humor? <laughs> and I imagine as a security guard, you probably have a door to the server room. Oh yeah, I mean uh, that's one of the one of the great things about this job is they can't keep you out, and uh, nothing nothing gives Wayne quite as much pleasure as being somewhere he's not supposed to be. So you unlock the room to the or the door to the server room, uh-huh. and you go in, and I think they have like you know, this is a general IT room, so like they have a like not very good Wi-Fi system for the office. Like each business has their own. Mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, but there is like a general business Wi-Fi too, mm-hmm. and that all all of the the router and everything is is there. Um, and then there is like a stack of server units, and that is you imagine where one of them is where they would store the store the digital copies of the tapes for the last week. Yeah. So to the the uh, the listener. I know this isn't how this works, but Wayne doesn't know. I think what Wayne's going to do is he's going to walk around and say, okay, I think that's the unit based on, I don't know, some markings and where the wires go. And then he's going to go find a vending machine. He's going to buy a Diet Coke. He's going to pour it on it. Oh, no. And he's already rehearsing in his mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just, I was doing my rounds. And I tripped, and I, I this it flew out of my hand, and I, I I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. All right, uh, this is definitely going to be a roll, and maybe maybe you know maybe it'll get him fired, but it's better than going to prison. So, which you know he's definitely done some stuff that you know could 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 win him in a bad way. So all right, you know we're rolling. I feel like this is. Realistically, at this point, a desperate. Role. Oh no, it absolutely is. This is. These are not the actions of a rational person. Oh yeah, fat, tasty one. Oh yeah, <sighs> lay it on me. All right. So bookkeeping first. Yeah, I get two points of dread. Uh huh. And you increase your despair by one. Okay. Which I believe means I'm at three. 
Yes. Yes. So you have two two more despair before things get real bad. Yeah. And when I say real bad, I mean oh yeah, death oh, yeah. presents itself. <laughs> See, I think that you pour this diet coke all over this server, and I think that there is some like sparking mm-hmm. that occurs. Yeah. An arc of which kind of leaps out and hits you, and you definitely get a good, Ooh. a good shock. Not like a, a deathly shock, but like you're going to be frazzled for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think some of the arcs of energy that come off of this thing as Diet Coke disperses through it start a little bit of a fire. <gasps> Ooh, okay. And uh, the smoke alarm immediately begins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to yell out. And... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Wayne is one of those guys who loves telling lies that have, like, a kernel of truth to them, you know? And one one sort of garden variety category of lie that he tells people is that um in his mind he has held every job he's ever interviewed for all right so there are few subjects on which he is not an expert because yeah i i interviewed for work at a bakery once which is basically as good as working there for 3 years and one of the things he's he loves telling people is that he used to be a volunteer fireman, which is not true. He went to training to become a volunteer fireman uh, for about three weeks out of the the requisite six, and then you know the the guy who was running it was just a jerk, and he had it out for Wayne, and eh, you know whatever. But in his mind, he's a fireman, or used to be, and that's as good as you know being one now. So he feels like he totally knows what to do here. Mm-hmm. With, you know, all of the unearned confidence a person can have. So he's going to crouch down and start scanning for whichever comes up first, either um, a fire extinguisher or uh, one of those red call boxes, you know, the kind that you, you would uh, uh, pull down to actually summon the fire department. All right. I think you find... I think you would find a call box before you find a fire extinguisher cuz yeah. they're not going to they're not going to have a fire extinguisher in the server room cuz that's just probably not. No. Not great for putting out a fire in a server room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or if or if they did it would be like it would have to be a special kind of thing or whatever for electrical fires. Anyway. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to yeah, I'm just going to call the fire department. Okay. Uh so you go running out yeah. Did you pull the fire switch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in my mind, in, in, in Wayne's mind, he's already changing the narrative. Now, he didn't trip and spill a Diet Coke. Julio tripped and spilled the Diet Coke, and Wayne was the one who had the calm presence of mind to summon help. Really, the building could have gone up in flames without him. So good of Wayne. Yeah. He's a giver. So yeah, yeah, he's he's calling the fire department. And so you pull the pull the switch, and you know, like it's probably going to be a couple minutes before they get here. Uh-huh. Are you doing anything in particular? Um, I think, 
I think he's not a total monster, so he would probably look for the actual cleaning people, and he would try to herd them out of the building. Okay. And I think they're probably, like, they were in the lobby. Yeah. I mean, they're probably hearing, like, an alarm of some kind. It's probably not that hard. Yeah, so you head out to the uh, lobby, and you see that they are, like, they're rushing towards the door. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, I, I, and I'm sort of, like, mentally cataloging who's there, because I realize I can't just, you know, use my nondescript racist shorthand for, for cleaning people. I have to pick somebody out. It's got to be a specific one. So who here looks like a total gomer that I could pin this on? You know, preferably somebody either old or who maybe doesn't speak very good English or maybe looks a little dumb. Like I'm, I'm, I'm mentally profiling people in a thoroughly unscientific way. That is what I'm invested in. All right. Uh, so yeah, you're looking you like, you know, there's a couple, I think most of the cleaning, cleaning crew is uh, like middle-aged, but there is one older gentleman. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think he's actually maybe like Eastern, like he doesn't speak a ton of English, but he's Eastern European. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Probably like from, from Russia speaks some English, but yeah, I'm probably trying to, Wayne's probably trying to remember what a good slur for somebody from that part of the world is. And it's not coming to him, but he'll think of it later. Pencil that in. So he is definitely the oldest member of the cleaning crew that uh-huh. you currently see. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I've kind of drawn a beat on him. Does he is he wearing a name tag? Yeah, I guess they probably would. We'll say that his name is uh, Gregor. I shit you not. I was literally thinking that would be his name. <laughs> like if you had asked me, that's what I would have said. That's wild. We're on the same page here. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm sitting there. I'm already, like, I'm visualizing Gregor making the boneheaded uh, move that I was initially going to, to tell everybody that I made. Like, I'm picturing it so that when I say it, it feels true to me. And as you are as you are kind of rehearsing what you're going to say, you look outside the door and you see Pete standing there. Just staring at you. And like weirdly, because of what has just happened and like like the adrenaline, weirdly, seeing somebody familiar, even somebody who I don't like or am afraid of, is sort of relieving, like it's grounding. So I'm not going to approach him, but I'm gonna like wave him over and go, hey, Pete! Get away from the building. It's on fire. Because I'm still, in my mind, I'm still, in, in my mind, I, in Wayne's mind, he's still like controlling the situation and very much like the marshal on the yeah. ground. Yeah. Sir, sir, step away. You know, like that kind of tone. But, but, you know, I'm very much acknowledging that it's a familiar person. I'm trying to do it in a friendly way, but still firm. Hey, come on over here. Let's not forget who's in charge of this situation. And so you're yelling at him, trying to get him to move away, like as you come out of the building with the cleaning staff. Mm -hmm. And uh, he doesn't move. He just continues to stand there and stare. And I I just sort of, Wayne just sort of collapses a little bit. And it's just like, uh, everything today, everything. And uh, he's going to go over there. 
put his arm around him and try to like frog march him away from the building. Okay. So I'm going to make this a roll. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No question. This is definitely going to be a desperate roll. Oh yeah. Uh, for some reason, some obvious reasons and some not so obvious reasons. Okay. Uh, so you can push yourself if you want or introduce a scar. Yeah, I think weirdly he's not going to push himself because I don't think in this context he totally realizes how big a deal this is. You know, like his mind is still on the fire and on the lie he's about to tell, and like he's still getting his ducks in a row mentally. And part of that is, you know, pretending to do his job for a second. And part of his job is to make sure that nobody stands next to the building while it literally burns down. So he's still like in that mode. And in his mind, the fact that he knows this person makes it easier, and he's just mentally snipping out the part that, like, you know, Pete has been, like, sort of semi-haunting him all night, because that's just not where Wayne is. So, yeah, he's not going to try to push himself. He's just going to be like, yeah, 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 absolutely. This is totally my wheelhouse. Uh, you want me to roll now? Yep. All right. Oh, it's a one. Your dice are oh. are mean. Honestly, I feel like they're narratively appropriate. Like, I feel like I failed when it's interesting to fail and succeeded when, you know, it was sort of funny for me to uh, get a win there. Yeah, it is. They're doing their job, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to gain another point of despair. Oh, yeah. Uh, which puts us near the end. Uh-huh. And I think what happens is you walk over and, like, you put your arm around Pete and you're like, Pete, come on, like, Getting away from the building. And Pete, like, turns and looks at you. And he moves in such a way that, like, it's almost like none of the muscles in his body are actually, like, really functioning. Oh. So he, like, turns his whole body towards you. And you realize that his head, like, while he's standing upright, his head is kind of slumped to the side Mm -hmm. and turns his whole body towards you. And then like jerkily lifts his arm up and his arm is like shaking and like somewhat limp, but still rising. And he, his mouth falls open and there's the, the sound that comes out of it, that it takes you a second to remember, but it is the sort of staticky sound from your dream. Oh. When someone tried to say your brother's name. And he touches your forehead. Uh-huh. And when he touches your forehead, you have that sensation in your forehead, that itch, that unraveling feeling. And you remember that there's a fire. And you feel like you had some kind of plan. But you don't remember the cleaning crew being there. Mm -hmm. You don't remember the name of the person you were going to blame this all on. You just know that there's a fire. And the fire department is coming. And it's a fire that you caused. And 
he's Wayne is really panicking. Um, is what is his physical relation to Pete now? Is is Pete still touching him? Is he is he restraining him in some way? I think that once Pete touches your forehead, he kind of just like collapses to the ground. Mm. Um. So Wayne is going to just for the barest moment, the mask is going to slip and he is going to scream really loudly, like probably the loudest noise he's ever made in his life. It's going to physically hurt him um, because of the strain on his vocal cords. This is not a man who breathes from his diaphragm. It's all on the nodes. And it's only when like people look at him because how could they not uh, that he kind of recognizes that he's behaving strangely and that this is not, there is a playbook and that he's not acting according to it. And at that point he will sheepishly and totally ineffectually uh, grab the Pete figures, legs and uh, say, somebody grab his arms. Somebody grab his arms. He passed out. He, he passed out. And is already in his mind telling himself, I didn't make that horrible noise. I didn't make that insane noise that people do not make. This man, this, this, it's not Pete, it's, it's some other guy. It must be some other guy. He made this horrible, insane, weird noise. Who does that? He made this very weird noise and then he passed out because, you know, not everybody's built for these situations. Not everybody can handle it when it comes down to it. And it's guys like me who got to take care of guys like him as always. And he's right back into it. And I think like you start yelling and there's not, and it's like five in the morning at this point, four in the morning. Uh, So I think that like, there aren't a lot of people around, but like as that noise and the fire alarms and everything have summoned some onlookers. Yeah. And someone does like come over. Um, I think it's probably like some kid who is hanging out at the uh-huh. pizza shop comes running over and grabs his arms and it's like, what are, where are we taking him? We just we just gotta get him to the curb. We gotta get a perimeter. There's a fire and it's not safe. We gotta we gotta establish a perimeter. And you're able to to get Pete off to the side. I'm gonna have you make a roll here, mostly okay. because I think that this is a place for you to potentially gain hope. Yeah. By having kind of let the facade drop and then reinstating it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try. That is a two. No, 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 no. This is not great. Not, not looking good. Not looking good. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's, um, when, when Wayne lies, it's always with like kind of a uh, a back slappy quality, you know? Like it's not just like that he's telling you a, a lie. You and he are in on the lie together, really. This is the story you're telling together. And you know how the world works and I know how the world works and this is just the way it is. Who are we to change it? And he is no longer able to do that at this point. Like Everything that he's saying he sounds panicky and deranged and coming from a place of being utterly cornered. 
in a way that like does not make sense to people who are um, just like looking at him on the street because he doesn't appear to be in immediate physical danger, but he's acting like someone who is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So you have a choice here. Uh huh. You can take a major or a severe consequence or increase your despair track by one. Oof. With the acknowledgement that if yeah. you increase your despair track by one, uh, you will be at five. Yeah, I think there's just like a little bit more rope that he needs to hang himself with. So I'm going to say major consequence. Okay. Yeah. So I think as you're carrying and you hear the fire engines in the distance and they're approaching uh, and they're very close. And I think as you and this random stranger mm-hmm. carry Pete over to like a safe area, mm-hmm. you like set him down and like you step away and Pete, the like lumpy form that was Pete on the ground mm-hmm. uh, starts to stir a little bit and kind of like looks up. And he's not moving in that, like, weird way, like his muscles aren't working. He's now Pete again. Fully normal Pete. Uh, And he kind of looks up at you, and there's pure terror in his eyes. Oh. And he starts to kind of scramble backwards. And he's like, Wayne, what are you, why am I, what are you doing to me, Wayne? Why am I here? I I I don't know, buddy. You, you came to see me at work or something. There's a fire. I I uh, I tried to get you out of the way, and you uh, I don't know. You got um, you had like a, do you have like epilepsy or something? You had like a fit. He looks at the kid that helped you move him over. And he's like, man, he he tried to kill me, and he's like scrambling away from you right now. There is a tiny bit of Wayne at this very moment that is thinking, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) I ate the only evidence that I owe this man money. Probably. mm. Would have been so easy. It would have been so – I should have. And like he's never been more disappointed in himself than he is at this very moment. So he he says, no, no, no. But in like this very like – unreassuring way like no 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 and you know like the, the intonation is all off and you know it's it's very disconcerting and the kid like looks at you and he's like what what are you doing man like he wasn't even in the building I, I told you we gotta there's a perimeter and I'm talking with my hands as if that you know that makes it make more sense. There's a perimeter, and you and I, we got to be outside the perimeter so that if the building comes down, we're we're all safe. Right, 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 right. And uh, bo- at this point, both Pete and this kid are, like, backing away from you and, like, visibly scared because not only, like, is it – are they both kind of thinking that something's up? You're, like, with the hand talking. Oh, Yeah. And everything. They are unnerved. And it's that, like, you don't have a weapon, so they think they can get away, but, like, they also don't want to take their eyes off of you. Yeah, yeah. 
I think realizing that this tech is not working, that like the the sort of the mantle of authority is not convincing people, uh, on a dime, Wayne is going to try to drop this and rely on the bond that he ostensibly had with Pete. Like, buddy, buddy, it's me. It's Wayne. I, look, I'm just really glad you're safe. I was really worried about you. You, you, you. you had me sweating there, buddy. Are you okay? Are you okay? You you would tell me if you weren't okay, right? And, and like, And he's like walking toward him while he's doing this in a way that no one should ever do. Yeah. I think... Actually, I think the first thing I need to do... I'm going to spend two points of dread to do something that I think is going to be potentially interesting. All right. So, you don't remember how this happened. You don't remember where you found it must have been while you were doing your walkthrough, but you just don't remember. But you in this moment realize that you have that gun you found. <sighs> okay. Shoved into the back of your pants. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I think I think at this point, like that that moment of realization for Wayne is both terrifying but also incredibly emboldening because like wayne does not own a gun all right officially because his wife doesn't believe in them and she's a snoop all right and he just it's one of those things that he's had to kind of come to terms with over the years but he's always been weirdly fascinated by them to a degree that even he would sort of recognize as maybe not totally healthy. And there's a real sense of power and assuredness that comes with having a weapon. Not just a gun, any weapon, but especially a weapon that does not belong to you. Mm. So just knowing that's there, in literally in his back pocket, that 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 helps him claw back sanity just the tiniest bit, and he kind of takes a deep breath and he goes, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're just uh, nothing like that's ever happened to me before. It's it's been a crazy night. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I think Pete is still like backing away. He's like, "I'm, I'm fine." <sighs> oh, it it does my heart good, good to hear that. And then I turn to the stranger who helped me hit, uh, move him, and with the exact same intonation as if I make no differentiation between the two, I give the exact same speech. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I think in that moment. The kid just breaks into a run. Use. He turns and just jets down down the sidewalk. Uh, like that just pushed him. A, he was already on the on the way there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I give I try to give Pete this look like, hey, can you believe these kids? Hey, the youth of today. 
and it's it's weird and off-putting. And I think Pete is like, "What? I'm gonna go." No, 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 no! You should stay. You should stay. You might have uh, inhaled some smoke. You should have an EMT look at you. Now I very much want him to stay. Okay. Because now the thought has occurred to me that this man is the source of all my problems. And I have a gun and there's a building on fire. If I can put those things together, literally physically put them together, everything that is wrong with my life goes away. It's true. All right. Let's call this a desperate role. Oh, oh, the most desperate. No, no, no. You should stay. You should stay. To try and get him to, I guess, go into the building with you? No, no, not, not to go into the building. Just to come a little closer to me. To not okay. leave. We're, we'll work up to that. We haven't come up with a pretext for that yet. We're just trying to get him to calm down and trust us and remember that everything's okay. All right. Because we need to hang on to him. Uh, so you can push yourself to gain an extra die. Uh, you can introduce a scar to gain an extra die. Okay. I feel like this is a good moment for a scar. Give me a second. I, I don't really have one planned. I think, okay, okay, I think their relationship begins, and they've known each other for a long time. I think it begins in a very different way, like for maybe even a year or more of in their, their acquaintanceship with each other. Wayne had no idea that Pete had this other kind of sideline. He was just a guy who owned a pawn shop who was kind of chatty. And, you know, kind of fun to be around. And Wayne um, describes himself as uh, somebody who enjoys flea markets and antiquing and stuff like that. And really what it is is, you know, he, he has sticky fingers uh, and always has. And he likes that, you know, that uh, uh, they don't uh, ask a lot of questions at Pete's establishment. But maybe the day that sort of that relationship changes from being like, you know, you're a regular at a business to like, hey, we're buddies, and like, maybe I'm going to let you in on some stuff. Is I think there was a day that somebody tried to rob Pete, and that Wayne intervened. I don't think in a violent way, but like, it, it is the equivalent of um, when you were a kid, you ever have somebody crouch behind you and then somebody else push you? Yeah. It's, the, it's like that. What he basically did is set that pick uh, so that, you know, like he, wh- here's what he did. He, he realized that the guy had a gun and like picked up on the body language before Pete did that this guy was off. And he kind of like gives him a, a, a nod of the head and kind of gestures with his chin down towards the guy's waistband and then kind of moves behind him and says, oh, sorry, buddy. I, I'm just trying to get to the magazine rack. And in that split second, uh, Pete manages to get the drop on him with the shotgun that's under the counter. And from that moment on, they realize that they're both people who are willing to to make moves when the moment is right. And that deepens their bond. And I think in this moment of sort of desperation to try to get Pete to come back with him, he's like, hey, 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 hey. You remember? You remember that guy on your old place on Lakeside? You know, the magazine rack? Hey, listen. Listen. 
I'm always going to take care of you, man. Like, I know I'm not always the smartest guy. All right. I know. But you and me, we got history and nothing beats history. All right, man. Well, let me take care of you. Let me do this for you. All right. I like that a lot. So that gives you two dice. Yeah. Three and a five. All right. So, uh, on a desperate roll on a five, I get two points of dread. You have to choose either a severe consequence or raise your despair by one. I still feel like it's not quite the optimal dramatic moment. Yeah, we're going with the severe consequence. Okay. I think we can make it weirder. All right. I'm going to pocket that severe consequence for the moment. Uh huh. Because I feel like it's more interesting oh, once yeah. you get into the building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you managed to calm Pete down. He's like, all right, man, I don't. I'm very confused about what is happening here. I was at home going to bed and then I was here and you had your arms around me and I was falling unconscious. Maybe it wasn't you. I owe you the benefit of the doubt. And he like stops and he takes like a half step closer. Yeah. 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 All right, man. Just sit down on the curb with me, man. We'll wait for the fire trucks to come. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Okay. Hey, uh, you got a smoke? Oh, yeah, and he, uh, like, reaches into his pocket, and he's like, oh, my, my Altoid tin is gone. Uh, and he pulls out a pack of cigarettes uh, and hands you a cigarette, and he takes one himself. Yeah, and I go, uh, I, I point to the, the, the kind of blaze that's peeking out of the window behind us and goes, I need a light? <laughs> You're always a funny one. Yeah, yeah, it's all right, man, it's all right. Listen, I'm... So what happened in there? <sighs> You know, there's this, uh, this Gomer, this uh, Gregor guy. You know, he's one of the cleaners, and I see him all the time working like the um, floor machine, the the, uh, the floor shiner. And um, the guy, the guy knocks back like nine diet cokes a night. I don't know what you know it takes to get him uh, through that shift. I'm not going to judge, but he was working in the server room, and. I just happened to be going through and I saw this. He was buffing the floor, drinking a Diet Coke, and he uh, like hit a cable or something. The machine bucked and he dropped the thing and it fell on the server and it started arcing. All these sparks and, uh, you know, it's just a miracle nobody was hurt. Yeah, hell, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Pete, I don't... I don't know how to tell you this, man. I got your money. But I think I think you know where I'm going with this. It's uh Honestly, I'm kinda glad that you're here because I think if I come down to your store tomorrow and I said, Hey man, you know, I got your money, but my, my office burned down with it inside, like you'd be like, BS man, your your office didn't burn down. And, <sighs> look, I mean We'd probably go get it, but like, I don't know, man. That looks like it's really getting out of control. It's a lot of money to leave in a burning building. 
look, I, I didn't plan on burning it down, man. I thought, I mean, I'm a security guy. I got like the safest place in the building, you know? I, I thought, I thought, you know, my office in the sub basement, that's going to be pretty safe, right? Like, here's the thing. Like, I can't go down there and just like wander around, man. Like if they see me, they're going to, it's going to look like I'm hiding something, right? I need you to come with me and I need, listen, I know this is asking a lot. I know, I know. All right. But like, if anybody sees me down there, then I can say uh, this guy was in the building and I came in to get him out. And then maybe, you know, I look good. All right. You get your money either way. All right. I just, you, you we'll, we'll take the back entrance. We'll, we won't even have to worry about the fire. It'll be real quick in and out. What are you saying? And he looks at the fire and he sees like, it's, it, I mean, it's there, but it's not like a raging fire. And he's like, it's in a sub basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, it's not even flammable at all. It's in the parking garage. Oh, all right. Let's do this. All right. All right. Real fast. And um, we're just going to book it. All right. So yeah, you get to the back entrance and like there's an entrance, I think, probably into the stairwell that goes down to the sub basement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is like it's it's thick stone. So it is like you can't mm-hmm. even tell that there's a fire happening. Yeah. Uh, just past the door into the first floor. Yeah. All right. So I'm we're running down the stairs because like time is not on our side here. And I, I'm making it right down like a, a straight shot to the office. And my thinking is what I'm going to do is I'm going to run into the office, close the door. And then when he comes in, I'm going to pop him, pull the gun out, pop him in the head. And then... I will bundle his body up and uh, leave it. Well, I will take it back upstairs and throw it in the flames, and then I will run. This is not a good plan. If you're listening at home and you're like, oh, that seems like a good way to – no, it's a terrible. There are so many problems with it, but he's not thinking straight. This is the best plan he's got. So, yeah, he's thinking, yeah, I'm just going to use that temporary moment of distraction of having to reopen the door to get the drop on him. Okay. See, you run ahead and you shut the door as you hear Pete outside. Like, what, what, what the hell, buddy? And he opens the door. Okay. And I'm just going to, like, in one swift motion without thinking about it. Uh, and Wayne, I'm, I'm going to say, hasn't thrown a punch since he was in the sixth grade. He's not a violent man. This is not a thing he knows how to do. He's not a great shot. Like, uh, he's done a little bit of time at shooting ranges, but like, yeah, this is this is not a thing he's expert at, but he's out of ideas and very scared, and he's just going to go for it. One quick motion and try to pop him in the head. All right. So this is obviously a desperate role. Oh, the most desperate. This could give you hope. Yep. If you succeed. Mm-hmm. Do you want to push yourself? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, if not now, when? It's a good question. All yeah. right. Roll two dice. All right. One and a four. 
All right. So I get two points of dread. So you have to suffer a severe consequence oh. or raise your despair by one. Oh, I think we're there. I think it's a despair by one. All right. So you raise your despair by one going up to a five. Yeah. And I think that you, like, you get the drop on Pete. Mm hmm. And you. Are you put? You said you're punching him. Oh no, no, sorry. Um, I, I I used a euphemism. I'm pulling the gun out of the back my back pocket and popping okay. him in the head. Okay. Now, one shot in the temple. You shoot him shockingly well. Mm-hmm. For someone who's like obsessed with guns, but not necessarily an expert with them, mm-hmm. you're kind of proud of yourself, and it's like almost that movie moment of like. Mm-hmm. He stands there for a second, and then the like line of blood drips from the hole in his head. I give a weird little fist pump, and like it doesn't look cool, but in my head it feels very cool. It feels so good. Like <laughs> all, all of the anger that you've had, mm-hmm. it gets released the moment you pull that trigger. And my my second thought after, oh, yeah, is honestly, he wouldn't still be alive if it wasn't for me anyway. Like, I just kind of called in his marker. It's not a big deal. And you're thinking that and you're like, you know, I saved his life before. Like, exactly. Exactly. I'm the good guy here. Yeah. You know, he's just had like another nine years on my tab. So. And I think that's that line of thought. Uh huh. Is what makes it so unnerving when you hear Pete start to laugh. Oh, no. And um, I uh, thumb the hammer back and fire again and again and again and again until it, it clicks. And you, you unload that gun yeah. into him. And after every shot, he laughs again. And he says, Wayne. Did you think it would be that easy for you to get out of your debts? I mean, obviously. (sighs) And then I I shrug and throw the gun at him and then try to run past him. (laughs) And as you try to run past him. Yeah. He grabs your arm. And it is a, like, shockingly strong grip. And you turn to look at him. And he's back in that state where, like, his muscles, for whatever reason, don't look like they're moving. So, like, whenever he does anything, he kind of has to do it overwrought. Like, he's letting gravity do it. Yeah. And he reaches out, and he touches your forehead. And you feel that itching sensation again. And you feel everything starting to unravel. And like before, it was like a single string being pulled. But now it's like every frayed edge that you've created over these years 
of rewriting your memories mm-hmm. are being tugged at and slowly pulled away. And all of those little compartments that you've created in your mind over so many years all flood back in to one large central chamber, almost like the large echoing parking garage that you spent the last few years working in. And it's just, it's too much. It is too much for your body to bear. And I don't think that Wayne dies there. Mm. But I think it is enough to just break Wayne's mind. Yeah. And so when the firefighters finally put out the fire and begin going through the building, they find Wayne just sort of babbling to himself in the security office. Is he saying anything specific? I think what's happening is he begins to excuse himself, and then the excuse becomes interrupted, like an endless nesting of parentheses, you know? See, what had happened was, I was going down the corner, but then you're not going to believe this. What had happened was, there was this eagle, and it was coming down out of the sky, and I knew this this eagle from way back in the day, and it has it out for me. See, what had happened was, and it just nests on and on and on, and you never actually find out what he's talking about. Oh, I love that so much. And I think that's kind of where the camera kind of fades to black, is just a couple of firefighters picking Wayne up off the ground because there's just too many excuses. Mm -hmm. There's too many reasons why this is everyone else's fault. And Wayne just can't even bring himself to get up and leave the building on his own accord. Yeah. Thank you to Jesse Stanchek for joining me to play Quietus. Thank you to Ollie Jeffrey for designing such a cool game. And thank you to you for listening. If you like what you heard, you can pick up Quietus on Drive Through RPG or at SinisterBeard.com. Also, you can find Jesse on Twitter at MicroFlashFic for his really amazing stories. Although he has moved over to Blue Sky, there is information on how to find him over there on his Twitter account. Our theme song is Everybody Knows My Name by Harley Poe. Thank you to Joe Whiteford for letting us use it. Join us on October 20th, where I'll be playing Mothership with the amazing artist Billy Blue. Also, keep your eyes out for Greetings from Stability, dropping on October 31st. Until then, remember that you are strong. You are beautiful. And you are not alone.
this dream, I'll set them free. Through cancer and disease, I'll take with me whom I please. No need to run, you can fight and face defeat. Through religion and deceit, and science and conceit. Try to stop me, but in the end, I can't be beat. I'll be at it once again, you'll all face me in the end. It should be fun, as I swatch you down like flies. Cause I kill